Hi everyone, it's Nelly here. How are you doing? Uh, welcome back to regular programming. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Dr. Deborah Campbell, who is both an author and a psychologist and does a lot of couples therapy. Um, I met Deb, geez, it must be about 15 years ago through a mutual friend and we've sort of stayed in touch and she's just really insightful and an interesting person. And obviously given the area that she works in, she's got a lot to share. Uh, one of the things I really love about Deb in this chat is that she also shares her personal experience. She got divorced in her 40s. Um, and yeah, it, well, I don't want to do too many spoilers. Let's just say there were some very complicated situations going on. Um, so much so that she wrote a book about it and we talk about that today, but look, I think you'll find her insights, her life story. Um, she's now remarried. Uh, I think you're going to find this chat really, really interesting. So enjoy Dr. Deborah Campbell. Now, this podcast was recorded at my place um, via Zoom in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. I would like to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people, pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. As always, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. So if you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shits. Uh, off you fuck. 6 Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. We are joined by a very, very, very special guest today with a doctor in front of her name, no less. It is Dr. Deborah Campbell. Hi, Deb. Hello, Nelly. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honour. Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled. So by way of background, I was thinking of how, because you're a civilian, you're not a comedian, which no. I think is lovely. Yeah, let's really be clear about that. <laughs> But we did meet in a comedic way because we met through our mutual friend Judith Lucy over lunch. Was yes. it what fifteen years ago? It was a very long time ago. Yeah, and then yeah. you came along and put together a fantastic Women's Day International Women's Day show at a place I was working. Yeah, 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 and, and we've stayed in touch. Yeah. So you are Dr. Deb, PhD doctor. Yes. Yes. In what? psychology mm -hmm. yes 
Yeah. So I'm what a psychologist. Was your, what was your thesis on? It was on relationships. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, you've been listening to the podcast, so you've got a, an idea of, of what we do. We'll go through your relationship history, but correct me if I'm wrong. When I met you, I think you had been relatively recently divorced and remarried. Yes, I think I was remarried at that point. Yeah, or close to. Yeah. 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 So can we start there? Like what age did you get divorced? What was that like? Yeah, I was in a long-term relationship uh, and got married to him at about 35 years old. Yeah. And then we were uh, we were divorced ooh, in less than 10 years. Yeah. So the marriage came late in the relationship and there wasn't much fuel left in the tank after that, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So how long was the relationship altogether? I think it was probably around 10 to 12 years, something like that. I've kind of lost yeah. track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've moved on. I really have. Yeah. So you were, what, mid-40s, divorced. Were you immediately thinking, well, I'm going to get back into dating or were you like, I'm fucking done? Like, I've had enough of this? Well, it's all a little bit more weird than that, Nelly. Do Love. we want to go there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only if you want to. Yeah, of course. I, I've kind of written a book about this that I did to try to use my weird experiences as yeah. teaching as a psychologist for myself and yeah. for anyone else who wanted to read a cautionary tale. Yes, okay. Yeah, I left my marriage to be with my, wait for it, therapist. Uh -oh. oh, really? Yes. Really? Yes. My marriage was vulnerable. Yeah. And my I was not in therapy with him at the time. It had finished for a couple of years. But yeah. I had been in psychodynamic long-term psychotherapy yeah. with a psychiatrist therapist yeah. for uh, 11 years. Oh my, hang on. There's so many things in this. I so know. Can you clarify for me firstly, I thought there were rules against that. Too right there are, Nelly. So he was not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. Do not recommend. No, do not no. recommend because there's a whole different relationship with you and your therapist, right? Oh, yeah. So you've mm -hmm. been in therapy with him for 11 years and two years mm -hmm. later mm -hmm. when you're in a really vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. I get the call. Oh, can yeah. I refer some patients to you? Oh, See, wow. I'm also a therapist. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, wow, this guy who was my therapist, my mentor, who I think is so amazing. Yeah. And he has he is dead now, I should right. say. So, yeah. you know, I can talk about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not out there sort of listening and worrying about this. Yeah. Um, and um, he called and he said, can I refer some patients to you? Because I specialised in couple therapy. He didn't. Mm. And I thought, how fantastic. He knows all of my vulnerabilities, my weaknesses, my flaws, everything yeah. that I brought to him for 11 years. And he thinks I am a therapist worthy of referrals from him. You can imagine what that yes. does to my uh, sort of self-esteem yeah. Yeah. and professional wow. belief in myself. So yeah. I said, sure. And he said, meet for coffee, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. He was wow. interested in me as a person. So that terrible kind of 
knowing this is not right. You know, yeah. I had the inside of you that I'm a therapist myself and yeah. I knew, you don't do this. No. At the same time, yeah. I was so attracted to him. There was that yeah. verboten aspect of it. I'm not going to lie. You know, the erotic forbidden and all that. Yeah. Then all the transference where he was my yeah. perfect, you know, father figure who wasn't really my father. So yes. you try to justify that's okay. Yes. It's never okay for your inner child. That is no. never okay. It no, is- and it's actually, I mean, as you'd know from listening, I mean, I'm mad for therapy pardon the pun, mm-hmm. and I think especially when you are going through separation, divorce, anything like that, like, yes, sit in the ship but don't do it on your own, like if at all yeah. possible get support. To me, listening from the outside, that's such a betrayal of trust Indeed. because the trust you invest in a therapist, and, of course, you know, they do know all your vulnerabilities. You don't know mm-hmm. any of theirs. Nope. It can't possibly be anywhere near an equal relationship. Mm, absolutely. Wild. Isn't it wild? Yeah. So um, how long did that last? That lasted for about three years. Yeah. He became ill. Right. And, again, I had that big choice, okay, you know, he was going to let me out of it, let me out of the relationship because he was very ill um, yeah. and he was going to die and that was clear. It's all very dramatic and dark. I'm sorry yeah. about this. No, it's and, okay. Uh, and um, I decided to stay and saw it through until he he died. Yeah. So now that, I mean, this isn't many years on, like are you mad at him? Because I'm mad at him. It's so interesting, Nellie. I was so in love and infatuated because I couldn't see past the transference, the blindness of mm. who I imagined he was, who I mm-hmm. hoped he was, the the perfect dad who wasn't a dad, so it's okay to be in love yes. with him. And and but but that would give me all the things I never had. Because do I even need to say that I had father <laughs> problems? That's oh, pretty obvious. Girlfriend, you're in the right place. <laughs> Look, you're human, like mm. that's, you know, let's state that. Yeah. Can you explain, because I think not everyone listening will understand what transference is because it's a oh, technical sure. term, right? So what does that actually mean, especially if people are new to therapy, which okay. I know a lot of people listening are doing therapy for the first time. Yeah, and please don't let me put you off it because I am I am a therapist too. Of and course. This is an unusual situation. Very, very unusual. And a cautionary tale. Yeah. Transference is when you go to therapy as a patient and you are supposed to as part of the process in a long-term therapeutic situation, especially if it's a bit psychodynamic, if it's quite deep and looking at your childhood and and yeah. really looking at the patterns that you bring into your adult life from long ago, um, you're supposed to be able to sort of um, project, is the word, some of your stuff onto the therapist and they uh, don't tell you anything about their personal life, so they're a bit of a blank screen for you. Yes. You to sort of work out the stuff you needed to work out in a safe mm. space. Yeah. Part of that safe space is they never, ever, ever must come on to you or be interested in you in mm. those personal ways. That is absolutely not okay. Mm. And also they should know, and they bloody do know, they know that that transference is happening. 100%. You know, like that is a really human thing. 
I've I've experienced that, no mm. doubt, because you've got someone in front of you, particularly I think for a lot of people listening, middle age who've come out of long-term relationships where they haven't felt listened to. Mm. If you've got someone in front of you, as you say, blank slate, they're listening, like yeah. actively listening, seeing you, that is fucking intoxicating. Absolutely. You're right on it, Nelly. That is the right word for it. It's intoxicating and I was intoxicated by it. Mm. So that those two years later, I was a sitting duck. Yeah. I couldn't resist him because of that intoxication that Mm. he was water in the desert for me. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. If you have grown up or been in a relationship or been in a life where you yearned with all your heart and soul to be heard and known Mm. and have someone recognize you for who you are in your soul Mm. and and there was no sexual physical aspect, it's just Mm. soul to soul communing over who you are and they're all there for you because it's not about them, it's your time. Yeah, you are absolutely like it, it's like you've stumbled into this oasis in a desert of years, yeah. years, yeah, of yearning. And it's a real thing. Like I again, I don't want to turn anyone off dating either because I've had a wonderful experience, like dating in middle age experiences. It's been great, but I think it's also um, it's a similar risk in that if you have been neglected in childhood in your relationship and what and when I say neglected it could be as I mean not simple but as simple as I didn't feel seen or I didn't Mm -hmm. feel heard or whatever it is it doesn't have to be physical for example Mm -hmm. if you're on a date with someone and they listen to you Mm -hmm. you can very very quickly run away your mind can run away with future relationships projection this is who they are my ideal all my problems have been solved and it's a really vulnerable position. Like you've got to try and catch it. Yeah. Because you yeah. can be taken advantage of, I think, yeah. really easily. Very, very, very uh, interesting and accurate thing. Yeah, that's very, very true. We project in all our relationships. Yes. We, yeah, we look at a person, we listen to a person through the lenses and the the ears we bring from our experience. And yeah. It takes time and it does. It takes time and to try in a few different lenses to see who am I really seeing? Who am I really hearing? Yeah. You know, what yeah, and what am I looking past? Mm. That's why we talk so often about red flags and green flags. Like what am mm. I missing? Because you can also, if you have come from dysfunction, I think miss green flags. You know, yes. you might see someone who is attentive um or who's calm as boring. Mm. Yeah, you know, because you're used to instability and excitement and drama. Yeah, and even though you think I don't want to do that again, like oh, here we are again yeah. <laughs> with someone like unstable, um, ungiving, un- all the things, and geez, they're exciting. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah, the juices are flowing. Oh, yeah, so interesting. What's your book called? Let's give it a plug. <laughs> Lovelands. <laughs> Lovelands, and where can we get it? Uh, it's on Amazon, yeah, here and all the all the places. Right. Yeah. I'll put some links in the show notes. So we recommend you go and grab that. So that finishes. I mean, that's intense. I feel like we could do a whole special episode on that. Let's we'll come back to it. But when I met you, you'd married a, a lovely guy, Silver yeah. Fox. 
gorgeous. Yeah. He's dining out that you called him a silver box during <laughs> your stand-up. He's yeah. very handsome. He's all right. Very handsome, but he also seemed he had a very um, calm presence is my recollection. At times. Nah. <laughs> Maybe just in the context of a gig. He was yeah. like, oh, what's going on here? I think he was probably uh, overwhelmed and excited to see your show and very quiet. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> so how long, you know, how do we get to I'm Married Again from after the, the therapist? Yeah. Situation? There was some years of grief and recovery and yeah, that, yeah, and that intoxication uh, dropping away. Yes. And I, I really got the wake up. You know how you get the wake up calls sometimes in the, oh. in the most obvious, silly little ways and you think, oh, yeah. So I got that. Do you I know went- the moment, Deb, can we sit with that for a second? Because so mm-hmm. many, me included, so many of us go through this where you go, I don't even know you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how many people, like literally people ringing in kind of going, I was married to someone for 30 years. I don't understand their behaviour. It's like, well, because that shit's dropping away. Yeah. Like were they always behaving like that and you had the screen up or mm-hmm. is their behaviour actually different? It might be a bit of column A, column B. Yeah. It's so confronting. Yeah. I think well, it's that- both. It takes a yeah. bloody long time to know someone. Yeah. And you're never inside their head with them, so you never yeah. know everything. Yeah. There's always no. surprises and that's both good and sometimes a little dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that you do some healing, then mm. what happens? I saw a, a, another therapist for a while around the grief, mm. some completely different and, and completely different background and very uh, solution-focused and counselling and just nice and shallow in terms of um, <laughs> we're not going into those bloody childhood yes. issues again because I've done 11 years of it. Yeah. Uh, but he just asked me a question because I was struggling with the ethics of what had happened with my ex-therapist who had passed mm. by this point. And he he asked me, well, you're a therapist, you're a psychologist. Would you ever in your wildest dreams see yourself calling up one of your ex-patients and asking them for coffee and starting a relate, telling them you're into them? Mm. And I said, oh, my God. Are you joking? Not in my wildest, yeah. craziest, most bizarre dream. Hasn't even occurred to me. Hasn't even occurred to me. Yeah. yeah. Never yeah. take a sexual interest framework into uh, my therapy room with Pate. Not no. no. Don't care who they are, what they look like, anything no. about them. I had, when you just said that, I have a visceral reaction to it because obviously I'm not a therapist but I've been the patient and mm. I know how vulnerable you are to that mm. in that situation and they bloody know he yeah. knew better oh my god he so knew better he was a good therapist for the time he was my therapist mm. but then he did really wrong and it's like you said you can know someone for a bloody long yeah. time and then you see a different side in wow. a different context and that is you know and I was intoxicated but when this this counselor said they asked me that question it hit me like a brick yes I was like oh fuck yes Yes, and that's a good simple tip for everyone listening because, I mean, I remember, I don't know if you heard the episode, but we talk about, for example, when people are trying to work out whether they should leave a relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, think of your best friend. Yeah. Would you want them in that relationship? If the answer is no, what are you doing there? 
So good. So I'm good. Same with you. In that situation, would you ever pursue a patient sexually? Of course I wouldn't. It's abhorrent. Yes. So be and mad. He, and you know what echoed in my mind? I remembered him saying to me on a number of a number of times, you're a better person than me. And I think, what are you talking about? Ooh. And he'd say, you're a much better therapist than me. Oh. Like, what are you talking about? You're you know? amazing. Maybe he was talking about that, that he knew yeah. he did bring that from. And softening the ground, I reckon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's obviously it's easy to see in, you know, like in retrospect and it's easier for me to say from my position, but that sounds really manipulative. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like that flattery. Flattery is so intoxicating as well mm-hmm. for all of us. Like that's mm-hmm. not shameful. It's nice for someone to say you're good at something. Oh, yeah. You know, or you're hot or you're whatever. But if there's an, there's some point, I think, if you're dating and you're listening to this, if it's too much, just yeah. kind of clock it and <laughs> just kind of go, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I think he was saying to me at the time that, that he could see we were very different. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think you're right. There was that element um, in the seduction, but also he could see we were we were different. We saw things differently. And is he unconsciously almost saying to you, I'm going to do something you wouldn't do? Well, looking back. Yeah. Looking back. Wow. God. All right, let's put him in the past. I'm going to get you back on again, I think, to talk about your early life because we've we've run out of time to do that, but I'm fascinated (laughs) to do it. But I'm going to move us on now, if you don't mind, to... Well, I don't like calling you an armchair expert because you are actually a doctor. So, you know, you have qualifications. But nonetheless, I'm going to give you thought bubbles from the ether. So this one um, popped up on Instagram. It's Alexandra Nikolaev um, at Lex Nico. And it just popped up at one of those moments where I was real because I'm in new intensive therapy as well. So just really thinking about that whole process and different types of therapy. Mm. He says, you do you, but maybe also you do therapy. Oh, I love and it. And I like, because there's a sort of a moment in the ether now, and I think it's lovely, like it's a very empowering moment of, yo, you do you, mate, you do you, boo. You know, mm. if you bloody have pink hair and, a, you know, a relationship, that being a thruple, great, mm. you know, like absolutely great. But there's also, I think, the flip side of that of it can give permission for really shit behaviour. Yeah. So that's just how I am. You know, I'm just really abrupt. <laughs> no, you hurt that person's feelings. Yeah. Do you care yeah. about that at all? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how does it hit you? Yeah. First of all, it makes me, yeah, it makes me think of my daughter because she'll say she's a grown-up adult um, and she'll say, you do you, and I always think, what a nice thing to say. It's sort yes. of, I don't know, I, lo- I kind of like it, but you're absolutely right. It, does it give permission to be an asshole? Hopefully not. Um, I think it can, Deb. I think that's the reason I'm conflicted about it because I my daughter says that too and I love that, hmm. you know, that idea of kind of, like I don't like to be late to anything. And she, she's like, all right, well, you do you, mum. You know, like I could, and I love that because that's not harming anybody. What I don't like is if someone is um, harming either themselves or others and we're just kind of, oh, well, you do you. I'm like, no, no, you need to look at that, (laughs) you know. Yeah. 
yeah, this isn't good for you or other people. Hundred percent agree. The the do no do no harm. Yeah. yeah, be free, but think about if you're hurting yourself or somebody else, uh, then maybe that's not cool. You know, when you meet um, particular people who, and obviously in my industry, this is very common, who are incredibly blunt. For example, like I love transparency. I like people saying what they think. But there's a difference between that and recklessness yeah. with others' feelings. Mm. Sometimes you don't need to say things, mm. you know. So I think if you're running around actually hurting people mm. and then relying on the defence of, oh, well, that's just how I am, that's yeah. not good enough. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into the, the laughs that are at someone else's expense. Same. Very- because yeah I know you're not you're really not don't like it that's amazing about you um and I've talked to Jude about that too and she said to me she really went off that at a certain point she was just like nah I'm not doing that no Mm -hmm. no it's easy Mm -hmm. it's really easy to do and Mm -hmm. audiences like it but to me that's Mm -hmm. the that is the sort of encouraging the worst of us yeah you know the bants the kids say the bants, the banter, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just the bants. Oh, it was a solid burn. No, it was cruel. Mm. There's a difference between like some friendly banter mm. where, you know, you're sort of teasing each other mm. and going to the jugular. Yeah, yeah. And, and what are the rules? Where's the line? Where's the line? You know, and I think for me, if you like look around, if you're upsetting people, you could be, it doesn't matter what profession you're in or in your family or whatever. If mm. that's consistently happening, no, that's bullshit to just go, that's how I am. Yeah. No, no, have a look at it, mate. Mm. All right, I'm going to give you another one. <laughs> this one this one just made me laugh. This is Ellie Schnitt on Instagram at Holy Schnitt, which I appreciate the handle. Love it. Says I've decided to just be fully delusional this year and see where that takes me. Because being sensible hasn't gleaned the results I'm looking for. Uh, (laughs) Something about that reminds me of George Costanza. Yes, yes, it is a very Seinfeld thing, right? Do the opposite. I've tried to do the right thing, but do the opposite. Just go against your instincts. That's the one. (laughs) Oh, look, you know, holy schnit. Isn't that great? I love that. <laughs> um, oh, you know, the first, the therapist in me just needs to ask Ellie. I just want to say, Ellie, when you say delusional? Yeah. <laughs> See, the actually, patient in me, Deb, wants I to mean, say to you, how much delusion do you encounter? Because they're, mu- and I don't mean delusions in the yeah. hallucinogenic sense, but I mean, so we lie to ourselves. Oh, yeah. Don't we? Oh, yeah. Yep, it goes back to that projection thing and the, yeah. who we want people to be, what frame we're looking at them through. But, you know, the I think the hardest ones for me as a therapist are when someone will say to me in a, in a private session, generally not in front of their partner, but they'll say, you know, I, I hate, they'll use the word hate, my partner. Oh, wow. Right? And then they're going to go home and stay there. I mean, yeah. I, find, I find that fairly mind-blowing. Yeah. There's so many parts of relationships counselling that I imagine must be so difficult because there's situations, I'm sure as a human, you want to go fucking run. (laughs) I'm going to admit it and say, yeah, there are. 
Yeah, I mean, they'd have to be. Mm. So how do you navigate that? Like how do you sit with that? Mm. Well, um, at the worst and most extreme end, we've got family violence. So, you know, we don't sit with that easily. We try to take action. Some things are, you know, mandatory reportable. That's right up the extreme end. Um, Moving back from that horrible horrible end of things um that's dangerous um in the moment um we we ask questions we try to help the person or people to achieve more insight into what's going on for them because you know it's I'm not in bed with them I'm not in their house with them I'm in a privileged position where they're they're letting me in often more than they will let anyone else in the whole world in but I'm still not as in as they are and mm. I can't make their decisions for them and I can't yeah. tell them what to do because I could be bloody wrong. Um, yeah. You know. yeah. And I think it's it's really easy from the outside to kind of go, I'll just go. Mm. You don't know financial situations. You don't know kids. You don't know where their mental health is at. Like there's a whole range of, mm. I mean, from the outside you might know, but it's it's really easy to judge and usually we don't have all the information no. at all and sometimes people just aren't ready absolutely and yeah. if it is in a, if there is that sense of some kind of danger either emotionally financially physically uh housing housing wise any kind of uh danger to the people then just going sometimes um has to be orchestrated very mindfully yeah, absolutely. There can be literal danger, hmm. but there can also be on that sort of, you know, softer end of the spectrum, people just aren't ready. Hmm. Absolutely. You know? Like they're, for like any change in life, we yeah. look back, yes, I mean, I keep getting asked in interviews when I'm interviewed about the podcast about variations on, oh, do you wish you'd left earlier or, you know, things like that. And I'll be honest, I don't think it's a, a very, I don't think it's a very fruitful question because no. I didn't. Or whoever's mm. listening didn't, and everyone will have their own reason why, mm. you know. And I think it's sort of, I don't, for me anyway, dwelling on that, like I could give all the reasons, mm. but I'm not sure that it's that productive. No, no. It, there are useful questions and there are those that, that you know, really don't change or add any insight or any extra um, information, I suppose. Yeah. All right, you ready for some listener calls, Deb? This might oh, be so ready. work for you. Hey, Nelly, I was listening to your episode with Emma Race, uh, your Sloppy Seconds episode, and I was actually running at the time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com it's really quite stressful for me at the moment um i'm in the thick of i was in an amicable divorce situation and it's kind of turned pear-shaped once we've started talking about money, which is probably not uncommon. Um, so I've gone running to do the Forrest Gump, just run to not feel your feels, and was listening to girls and 
just the perimenopause, the menopause, I'm the youngest of seven kids and I've got three sisters and they're all in various stages of that. Um, and so I, I've heard a lot of their dialogue. Um, we're very open. My mum is not open. It's like menopause didn't ever occur for her. Like it's, and they're like, mum, what about this? And it's hereditary and we need to know. And she's like, what are you talking about, dear? So that's kind of that history. But I just found myself today, um, I was running like Forrest Gump and, um, yeah, it's been really hard, like emotionally. Uh, I, I'm very, I'm an empath, but I guess I, I'm very practical. And so what I try to do, I'm not explosive. I'm not hugely emotional when tragedy or, or huge stuff happens. I kind of, I, I guess I do the freeze or fawn approach to that side of things. And so I'm very, I'm quite practical research. I really value my brain and my, I actually really like myself. And I've learned that in the last four years of being single um, since separating. So I, I say that because I think it's important that what I'm about to say is actually quite, oh, I'm scared to say. And then it cut out. Oh! <laughs> I know. I know. Wow. I know. So that's going to be a cliffhanger for another episode because I'm like, what happened? What happened? So a couple of things. One, I'm going to say to you, I can see your facial reactions. I love that bit where she's like, I've worked out I really like myself. Mm. I'm going to be honest with you. I reckon I could have made that almost identical call except for the running. Oh, wow. It's that personality where you kind of go, all right, come on. Let's get on with it. Um, you know, mum who never talked about periods. So Deb, what do you like? There's so much in that. I'm the first thing I want to say is I feel like I could have made that call. You know, it's that kind of pragmatic personality. I mean, not the running part, let's not kid ourselves, but that kind of, okay, there's a big thing that's happened. Like I'm really good in a crisis. Yeah. And the downside of that, it's great. It's very good for getting through life. The downside is that is that you don't feel your shit until like six months later, two Uh years later, five years. And I get that sense from her. Mm. What did you take from her call? So much. So much. First first of all, if I'm to talk, speak directly to to our caller, to you. I would say you sound fantastic. You sound agreed. You are doing so well because that self-talk, I am strong, I am rational, I am smart, I'm not going to take people's bullshit about I'm hormonal or all that dumb shit. You know, go you. Yeah. You know, and guess what? We're all hormonal. Of course we are. Of all genders. Meant to be. <laughs> you know, like we're meant, yes, we need to talk about perimenopause and menopause and, and, you know, periods and all those sorts of things. But men or people in male bodies are not immune from these things either. No. The idea no. that you can't be trusted, that you're hysterical. We actually, I love that she's countered that. Absolutely. Hormones are, are chemical messengers in our body. They're supposed to be there. They And feelings go with them or connected in and 
feelings rise and fall and come and go. We don't have control of what feeling comes and goes. We just have the ability to observe and to decide on our responses to them as we go mindfully through life. And and it's it's all very natural to have your ups and downs and to and she said she like you said you like yourself, Caller. She said yes. Nelly. And how important, powerful, valuable, and sadly rare is it yes. for people to come to therapy and say that? Yes, I oh. love that. Just hearing her say that and also being out because we get messages from culture from other people from ourselves particularly when we're going through difficult times that we're getting it all wrong mm. you know and that and we're oh you're crazy and you're hysterical and you're da 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 I actually she feels really grounded to me very much so like she's going nah it's hard yeah and yeah. yes I am experiencing those things but I know what's going on here yeah and the and the Forrest Gump thing she brings up a couple of times with her running yeah. Um, that's grief. He's grieving when he runs, right? Like deep, yeah. deep grief. And I feel she's in grief, but she's really um, well-resourced internally to manage the grief. And you're going to pass through it and come out the other side of it mm. because you've got a lot of, uh, a lot of insight. Uh, you're articulate. You're able to mm. talk about it. You say you like yourself. These, this is all a lot of power. Mm. Um, so you've got grief probably over the divorce, probably over it seemed to be going well, but when money raised its ugly head at mm. dive, that's quite normal. That happens. People get terrified of their future and yes. they start getting scared when the money comes up because they think, oh, no, you know, and, and and regrets about, oh, have I done enough in my life? Have I earned enough? Mm. Mm. So there's that grief. But then let's go to the peri. Yeah. Menopause. There's a certain grief that some of us feel around that because of obviously the loss of the fertile years mm. and any change, good or bad, comes with a bit of grief on the side, doesn't it? Because we're losing something when we go from one state or place or age or, or uh, whatever it is to another. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. There's grief. I had not thought of that. Yeah, so you you are either consciously or not transitioning to another period of life and I guess it's like a marker you know I know people who've had profound grief when they turn 40 yes for example or 30 even yeah so I guess that could be a mark I I wonder too if she's grieving I could be projecting but when she picked up when she said um you know it was amicable and everything was fine until the money I feel like going back to our earlier discussion I wonder if she's grieving who she thought he was Absolutely could be possible. Absolutely. There's so many layers and possibility. What about if um if they've got kids and suddenly mm. you go from being with them 24-7 to being with mm. them, whatever? Yes. Be a lot of grief. Um, even if you don't, the sense of family you had with the partner, uh, the yeah. sense of home you had, mm. the life you had, the microculture of the couple that only you two know. Yes. No Friends one- and family, like all of that, the, the cultural capital. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then that we're not allowed to talk about that because that's embarrassing, but there is cultural capital attached so, to being right. married with children. Yeah. So you many know? things change yeah. and some things you might be glad they're gone, but yes. others there's real grief at the loss. And and I really feel that coming through. I think you're grieving. 
but you're doing amazing. You're doing some mm. physical activity, which is one of the great ways to express emotion if you don't know what to do with it. But, you know, you're able to talk about it as well. On the on the menopause thing, when the, the grief is very real, but I've got an idea about having just been through all that, that stuff myself and sort of coming out the other side of menopause at the moment, I think I would say, mm. um, there's all the hard stuff, but there's there's that sense of touching back now, I think, to who I was before the hormones cut in in some way. Oh, interesting. You know, when you're a kid before the hormones come in and you're like boys or girls or, you know, you get attracted to people and yeah. that sort of sends you a little bit into that that can't wait to have sex, find partner, all that, yeah. that side of life. There's a sense of, I think, for me, touching back into that essential self before that now. Yeah, right. So reconnecting and kind of like with a sort of sense of calm. Yeah, some uh, less tolerance for bullshit and more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and more sense of myself and what I like and what I'm about and my myself as a as a person before couplehood is more mm. um, awakened to me again. Oh, but, I love that. I'm imagining, yeah. you know, I think of like seven or eight year old Deb with someone right. kind of going, "Oh, do you like whiskeys?" No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very yep. clear cut. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Yeah. And then all the layers over over your life. Oh, do I like whiskey? I'm not sure if I like. Maybe I'm supposed to. All that shit gone. Yeah. So I'm oh, still nice. in a couple, still have a sexual yeah. life, you know, bring the whole adulthood through with me. Yeah. But there's more of that essential self before the puberty kind of cut in and changed yes. everything. Um, oh, I look forward to that. Kind of a reverse puberty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that that's something that's something to look forward to though, because again, when you when you're sitting in difficulty, I think it's really helpful to think about when it's you know, you can't make it pass, but it will pass. Yeah, by God I had to search for the positives and they finally found me. Yeah. <laughs> um because I remember Jude, you know, I remember Jude Lucy saying in a show about talking about menopause, period. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God. And I said to her, dude, I'm not doing it. Yes. You bloody are. I'm sorry. Yes. It's coming whether you like it or not. And do you know did. what else I love in that caller as well? I mean, I'm clear. I mean, I joke about it, but I'm clearly not a runner. But I love, I think, I sense in her that she's a little bit worried that she's sort of running her feelings away. I would say, you know what, better than drinking or yes. like any other, there's so many destructive behaviours yeah. that all of us do when we're trying to run from our feelings. Like you're literally yeah. running, like good on you, girl. I think you're still feeling them. You She's can't make thinking. that call. Yeah, you called mm. in, you're thinking about it, you're reflecting on it. The running's helping you process it. Keep running. Absolutely. It's a it's a positive. Yeah. Run, write, play music, call, yeah. up, talk to people, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I've got Tina Turner on high rotation at the moment, RIP Queen, and yeah. that helps me, like that kind of move. That If you live in your head, which she does and I do, it's like getting back into your body is really important in whatever way you can, yeah. like fe actually feeling stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right, you're ready for a listener letter. So ready. 
This is an interesting one. In-laws, Deb, in-laws. All right, so she says, anonymous um, says, but she's a woman in her, I would guess, late 40s, maybe early 50s. Um, I've been dating a guy for a year and he just introduced me to his family. They were very standoff, very standoffish but sort of polite. At one point I asked if I could see some photos of him as a baby and his mum said, no, you are not part of the family. Yeah. Everyone, everyone went quiet, including my boyfriend. Should I just talk it up to nerves or run? Wow. Mm. I wonder if mum's okay because that's we live in a world. Sorry. We that was a- my exact reaction. Mum, what the actual fuck? Right. We live in a world where people put on Insta or wherever pictures yeah. of their baby for six yeah. billion people to look at. Yes. Like, you know, what's but that that's about? But I'm seeing this woman, you know, has clearly gone back into the dating thing. Like they've been dating for a year. It's a big moment to be introduced to someone's family. She's trying to connect with them. Yeah. She's trying to clearly she's trying to go, you know, it's a pretty benign thing, isn't it? Like you're not there going, yeah. who do you vote for? You just go, oh, show me some baby pictures. Very. So I'm wondering if mum was okay. Everyone went quiet. So oh, this, there's so many questions around this because it's all about yeah. the context. Yeah. Did they go quiet because mum's not okay and she just said something odd and they're really worried? Or did they go quiet because mum has always said things like this and she's a bit mean and yeah, um, and they are just used to it and they sort of move on? I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's very important, though, how the couple handle this, how our writer and her boyfriend handle this. Yes. Um, can they talk about it? Can she ask him about it? You know, is mum is mum okay? Does she, you know, why why do you think she said that? How and how did you feel? What did what were you thinking when you were quiet after yes. she said that? Yes. Mm. So a little bit of context. We emailed back and forth and without going, because I don't want to overshare because she shared what she wants to, but I think the short story was she was upset that he didn't step in. And that when I read it, and that's why I emailed her and went, did he do any, like, did he challenge mum? Did he ask, mm. did he tell you what was going on? That's the bit that worries me because 100%. it starts like that. Where are you going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in 10 years? Where This is a really weird long bow, but I'm watching Queen Charlotte. Are you watching Queen Charlotte, which is the prequel to Bridgerton? Yes, have watched, yes. Ah, oh, love. And I like there's a moment where the new mother-in-law tells her what wedding dress she has to wear. Mm. And in an act of, I think, really clever defiance, she does not do that and wears her own wedding dress. And this is a 17-year-old from the beginning. And it made me think of this letter. I thought, ask to be treated how you want to be treated from the start. So right. Because unwinding that five years down the track, 10 years down the track, one year down the track, it's so hard. Mm. Whereas if you throw an elbow at the start and go, what do you mean? Why can't I see the photos? Or at least to your boyfriend, Hmm. to your partner, say, I won't be accepting that again. Yeah, you you absolutely nailed it, Nelly. I think you've got a real therapist brain. Um, You went went right for the throat of it, which I agree, is what happened in that moment in the couple. 
that yes. he would step forward and yes. handle that situation with his family. Protect her. Right. That was you know? a that was a have have each other's best interests yeah. uh, in the larger milieu of whoever's there. Stay with each other, have each other's interests, be besties, be each other's bestie in the moment. Yes. Yeah. I personally don't think I'd be interested to see what you think, but I don't think like if you meet your in-laws and you don't like them or there's there's problems in the family or whatever, whatever to mm. me that's not a reason to run. It's how your partner handles it. Absolutely. It's what it means for you as a couple and potentially as a family if it progresses in that yeah. direction down the track. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, sure, familial patterns can play out, but it's manageable. It's, it's mm. you can therapy that. Um, yeah, can, we don't, because you can't, I don't want to judge people on their family either. You don't control no, that. No. You know? But I would be going back to him and going, if anything even close to that happens again, I expect you to defend me mm-hmm. or to challenge mum or to explain to me what's ha- like if there is some other issue that we don't know about going on, yeah, how are we going to handle it? Absolutely. Have a plan. So, yeah, go to him if you haven't already. Tell him how you felt. In the moment I felt this, 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 this and this. Yeah, I felt it because I was alone in the situation. No one yes. came to my uh, aid or gave any explanation or helped me out there. We're partners. As, as you just said, Nelly, can you next time, can we have a plan? Can you step mm. in? And I will do same for you. Absolutely. In- and for me, if he says, no, no, that's just how mum is, um, then I would run. At this age, I wouldn't yeah. have at 20, but at this age, if he is dismissive of that and goes, it doesn't matter and you just need to absorb it, and what, whatever the issue is, could be a mm. whole range of issues with friends and family. If mm. there's no plan yeah. and no support and no camaraderie, that is a giant red flag. It really is because what what happens when it comes to bigger issues? That's right. What happens if there's legal issues? What happens when someone gets sick? What happens? What if mum's directly mean to me? Yeah. You yeah. know, what if dad does, what if, you know, what if your sister does, like there's a whole range of shit that happens in life. I need to know you've got my back. Yeah. And vice versa. It is a part of differentiation growing up as to move away from the loyalty to the family of origin into yeah. the loyalty to your own family if you choose to have one or if that's a, part, a couple family. Um, yeah. It's who comes first. And it um, doesn't have to be a shit fight. Like as far as in that situation. No. No. There's no reason you couldn't go, oh, come on, Mum, like let's just have a look at the photos. Absolutely. Mum, can I have a chat to you? Like what's going on? Are you uncomfortable? Like actually you deal with it. Yep. Because when you're going into an in-law situation or a new group of friends or whatever, you're very vulnerable. You're actually there on your own. Yeah. With a group of people who know each other. Yeah. Don't leave that to your girlfriend. No. No, she should be invited in and helped by her partner. I think so. And vice versa. Yeah, Yeah. agree. Beautiful. Now, I'm so loath to do this to a professional, but I'm going to do it, Deb. Okay. On my ex. Do you have a a stupid ex story? Let's put the um, psychiatrist to the side. Yeah, we won't do that. That an ex did. Oh, a, a bit odd. Another one, a bit odd. Yeah, I, I know. I'm a, I'm a bit 
I'm a bit dark, I suppose. But you like an oddball? Look, I, <laughs> look, I, I, uh, I walked into the flash, which was one of those little studios where you open the front door and you're in the lounge. Yeah. And he was masturbating. <laughs> right. Just had a T-shirt on and no pants. Oh, hot. And he was doing that. And I, I was like, oh, double take. Okay, all right. Well, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just peered around, like, because he was looking at the wall. Like, and so I've walked, I've peered around what's on the wall. Look, it was his actor's headshot, Nelly. Oh, God. Damn. It was It was himself. He was masturbating to himself. I'm sorry, but he was. What did he say? You could have knocked. <gasps> I can't explain it. Oh, my Lord. Are you serious? It really happened. Hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, maybe he was thinking of something else in his mind and he just happened to be looking at it, but that was bare ink and what was on the wall with and a bit of blue tack. What did you think? You know, I still don't know quite what to think. Yeah, no, I don't. Because I'm immediately going to, like, narcissist. Right. You know, like, oh, I'm torn because, like, okay, if you kinks yourself, okay. (laughs) But it's very odd. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And you do think of narcissist looking at his own reflection in the pond. And that's, yeah. But I I haven't heard of or come across that before. (laughs) Pardon the pun. That is, pardon, you said you weren't going to be funny. Like, that's funny. Is it? <laughs> the idea, for a start, I'm like, don't give someone keys to your house if you're going to sit in your lounge room at the front door, like you're not even in your bedroom. No. Having a wank to yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. I know. Oh, and I, you know, maybe this is included, but if you were dating, he's a 10 butt. You know, he's a 10, but he masturbates to photos of himself. Yeah. <laughs> What's your deal, dating deal breaker? Yeah, dating deal breaker. He's a 10, but I remember once sitting at a table with a guy having a nice Italian meal and watching his red wine dribble down the outside of his hand. Like, I didn't like that very much. He had no idea. He was having a sip and then somehow he was getting some to dribble down the outside of his hand and down his wrist and he wasn't doing a darn thing about it. And Now, tell me this, before that, up until that point, was it a first date? Yeah, I think it was. Were, were you charmed or were you nonplussed? I was... I was unsure. The jury was out. Yes. He was an artist and I was thinking, oh, it's very interesting and he, yeah. he does do good art and, you know, he's a bit eccentric and all that. And then when the wine was dribbling down the back of the hand and he had no idea and he couldn't feel it and, and he was smiling away and I'm watching the wine go down, I just thought, oh, no, I don't think you're quite perhaps aware as much yeah. as I might like. Maybe you're not in the room. <laughs> do you know what I love about this, though, I reckon, and let me put this challenge to you. If you had thought he was hot and it was there was chemistry and you were feeling it, the fact that wine was dripping down his hand would have been cute. Might have wanted you know? to just lick that wine. Yeah, you would have gone, I'll sort that wine out for you. Yeah. Like we think, you know, I've said before in the podcast as people have come on and like, oh, you know, he was wearing the wrong shoes or she said your instead of your or whatever. If you're attracted genuinely, if there's chemistry, I think, 
those things seem quirky. Yes. If you're not, you're like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're looking for the reasons either way, aren't you? I'm looking for the reasons for the no I'm feeling or I'm I'm just like overlooking everything because I'm feeling yes. Yeah, exactly. You go, oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's Gotta not- watch that. Yeah. <laughs> like we said earlier, go just watch that with interest. Just note that. Just oh. note it down. You know what? In all seriousness, this is one of the reasons why I, tr- I recommend, if, particularly if you're going back into dating, like if you haven't dated for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, that's why you need a group chat with your friends. Oh, Because that. if you text and you kind of go, oh, look, you know, I was on this date and there was wine dripping down his hand, I reckon someone will go, oh, Deb, get over it. What really happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they'll do something where they go, that is not okay. Mm. you know and just sort of get you because they're not in there in that like limerence thing no so they've yeah. got more I mean trust them you've got to have people that you trust yes. but someone to sort of bounce it off yeah and and ask the questions but how you know okay well that was happening but how did you really feel yeah, about exactly them? were they kind were they compassionate yes. did they listen were they yeah they your kind of person that you like to hang with are you protecting yourself by going, I didn't like her haircut? Mm. Maybe you're scared because you actually liked her. Yeah. You know, or whatever it is. Just someone yeah. who's prepared to do that gentle challenge yeah. and make you sort of think about it because you can be a little bit, you know, confused. Yeah. I think both ways. Absolutely. Either too harsh or not harsh enough. Absolutely. It's it's hard to see clearly. Um, yeah. It takes time. and It does. And a bit of practice, I think. Yep, yep. Mm. And and checking in with yourself, isn't it, that you check in with yourself as much as you're able to and say, what am I feeling? How, yeah. What am I thinking? Where am yeah. I? What am I ignoring? Yeah. What am I missing? What am I looking for? All of that kind of stuff. Oh, Deb, we're out of time, but you, what a delight. Like it was just so lovely talking to you. And I'm going to ask you while we're live, will you come back on? Because I have so many questions for you. Oh, Nellie, that's such an honour. I would love to. I really? love talking with you. Absolutely. And I think you are doing an amazing job. Oh, There's so many you. podcasts I really look forward to. And this is one of the one of the oh. little select few. So thank you. Oh, bless. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. But I would really love, I mean, I'd love to do some more listener calls with you, but I'd also love to go back to Little Deb. Sure. And- about that process of therapy because, again, I mean, I share that on the podcast and lots of people listening are going through it. You know, it, there's a lot going on when you go into particular types of therapy and we don't talk enough about how to sit with that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going through massive life transitions, like you might be going through menopause, divorce and have teenagers at the same time and you're doing fucking therapy, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah. Whoa, it's like a tsunami. So let's come back and have a have a chat if you would be so kind. Absolutely. Yeah, you're wonderful. And again, just a reminder of your book title, and I will put links in the show notes, but remind us what it's called again. Lovelands. Lovelands, juicy tale and lots of insight, I'm sure. I'm off to buy it. And um, I will see you very soon. Thank you, Nelly. Thanks, Mwah. Deb. Bye. Yeah, Nelly. I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly.
Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.